Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For obvious reasons, we keep this place as gloomy as possible. Welcome to Mind Poppers Podcast. We are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies. Once you get used to these grim surroundings, you'll never leave. Nobody ever does. We continue now with tonight's case, Conspiracy. Now, right now, listen. As always, we're very welcome back to the Mind Poppers Podcast podcast uh let's hear for that new fucking intro motherfuckers <laughs> um tonight i got a different kind of episode for you guys because tonight i am not alone somebody else lurks in the shadows of the mind poppers basement tonight's guest is the co-host of black lotus productions over on youtube and it's also the co-host of the paranormal news network podcast damien gray and you can find all the links to his stuff down below you know on this podcast, we like to talk aliens, government cover-ups, UFOs. But you know what? At the end of the day, there, there is only so much that I can share with you guys through my research. But because at the end of the day, I, I haven't lived it myself, you know? This conversation that you're going to hear tonight is, is something that I have been looking for for like four or five years um and whatever way the stars aligned the right person came my way this story it's hard for me to put into words you're gonna you're gonna hear yourself this conversation it's an incredible conversation it is at times terrifying it is bizarre it is traumatic it is absolutely fascinating um and i got there's no better way i can describe it than it's a mind popper this is a mind popper i'm very grateful that damien decided to come on here with us and share his abduction story right we are recording i am joined here with damien from the black lotus productions over on youtube everything all his socials um, his podcasts, his videos will all be linked down below. Damien, I saw your your video recently. You had a, a very interesting story to tell, and I don't think that interesting is the. It doesn't. It's not enough. Um, I'm no problem telling you that when I heard this, um, I did not sleep that night very well. Not because. I was terrified, which I mean, sure, a bit of it, but I think it made me kind of have to take a step back and kind of question a lot of things, you know? Um, so I'd love for you to take the wheel on this and I can, you know, stop you every now and again, if you don't mind, just to, if I need some questions or some clarification, uh, if that's okay with you. Sure, sure. Um, well, I think... Before we get into this, I, I, I think I need to clarify something. Um, 
what happened to me happened in 1988, and I didn't remember any of it until one evening in 1995. Um, and you know, pr- prior to that, uh, to that re- remembrance in 1995, um, I, di- I didn't believe in the whole UFO thing, and I thought people that claimed that they were abducted were just kind of uh, you know out there. Um, and that's not to say that I didn't believe in, you know, alien life. I mean, in this vast universe, how can you not believe in alien life? Of course. You know, I mean, but I didn't think that they were really interested in us. And so I didn't think that they would travel light years away from their home planet to come and play with us. You know? <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, so I just want to preface this with that um, because I, I've, I've never been I, I, up to that point. I was never uh, into UFOs much, but uh, on that evening in 1995, I had a friend of mine um, who was over at the house and he believed in the UFO visitations and he had with him a book that was a companion book to that old TV series, the X-Files. Love. And so I was, you know, just kind of thumbing through it and, and you know, I had a bunch of stills from the series and, uh, and as I'm going along through it, he's trying to convince me that UFOs are real and I'm just kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. And then suddenly I stumbled upon one still in the book and it was a still of, I believe it was Fox Mulder and he was standing underneath this triangle in the sky and he was pointing up at it. And the triangle had uh, three lights at each, uh, each point. Um, And as soon as I saw this thing, I kind of blacked out. And when I say I blacked out, um, you know, I was with my girlfriend and my friend Clay at the time. And from what they tell me is that I was just non-responsive. I was sitting there with my eyes open. Um, And uh, so during, and I, I was blacked out for about five minutes and they couldn't bring me to. And during this time, I had the most vivid memory of the thing that took place in 1988. So with that said, let me tell you what happened. Um, So in 1988, uh, I was, unfortunately, I was homeless. Um, I had lost my job. I had, uh, my wife and I had separated and I was living out of my car in Southern California. Um, And so being as that was the case, I didn't have anywhere to go. So I, what I, you know, I was living out of my car. And, and so I, at nighttime, I would go along these freeways and to certain rest stops where I knew that I wouldn't be hassled by cops. And so, and I could get some sleep. Um, and anyhow, so I was traveling along the uh, interstate 10 freeway in Southern California and uh, going uh, eastbound. And as I was coming up, to the 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 uh, rest stop where I would usually go, the freeway was going to be blocked off up ahead, and so I knew I couldn't get there from where I was, and so I, I thought, okay, well, what I'll do is I'll take this exit and kind of make this probably two mile loop to go to another rest stop. Rest stop, you know, that was uh, um, just for people listening. 
where in the world did this all taken place? This was in uh, Ontario, California, um, Southern California. And where the thing actually took place was in Alta Loma, which is uh, north of Ontario. But um, anyway, so I got off on the street called Haven Avenue. And I knew that this would take me up into Altsaloma, where I could turn on Highland Boulevard and go and kind of make that loop I was talking about. Um, and so that's what I did. And I went and you have to understand that uh, Haven Avenue goes up and bumps right into the mountain range that's there. And the last place you can turn there would be Highland Boulevard. So that's what I did. And, you know, at this time it was, I want to say it was probably about 11 o'clock in the evening. Um, and so I went up there and made a right turn on uh, Highland Boulevard as, and as I'm going along, it's very dark. It was very dark up there. Back in these days, it was all uh, uh, vineyards, you know, so nothing but grapes, grape fields all over the place and no real street lighting. It's very dark. Um, and so anyway, as I'm going down this dark road, um, I started to see this light out in the distance, uh, over the fields and it was very faint. It was almost like a, uh, uh, it almost looked like a star, but it was closer than it seemed closer than that. Okay. So I, I was watching that and I thought, I don't know what that is. And so as I'm going along, it's getting brighter and brighter and brighter and because I'm getting closer to whatever this thing is. And as I'm going along, this ball of glowing light uh, uh, appeared at my driver's side window and was matching my speed. And it, it was probably about the size of maybe a soccer ball. Um, I guess it was about that size. And the light was seemed to be emanating from inside of it. It wasn't as though it was like this bright light. It was just mm -hmm. a, kind of a glow. And so I'm watching this, trying to figure out what this thing is. And at the same time, I'm watching this other light out in the distance. And I'm going, what the hell is going on here? And uh, so as I'm going along, like I said, this thing is matching my speed. And it's not going anywhere. And then suddenly out of the blue, it just takes off at just rocket speed and it joins with that other light. And so anyway, as I'm going along, the, the light is getting larger and larger. And after a while, it starts to take shape and it looked like some sort of structure. And I had been on that road before and I never saw that thing there before. And I thought, well, you know, I wonder if they have, you know, raised some sort of building mm -hmm. since I've been last been here. Um, and so as I got a, further and further along, I was about maybe a quarter of a mile away from the thing. And the, what I was looking at was this huge black triangle. And when I say huge, I mean, it was about the size of a football field. It was oh, just tremendous. Great. Um, and, uh, it had these three lights underneath it and it had, uh, one red light in the middle of it. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, so ab about that point, my car stalled and I had a little Hyundai GLS at the time. It was, you know, one of those eighties cars and it had mm -hmm. one of those moon roofs. And so I cranked open the moon roof 
as I was coming under it and I was coming to a stop. And so when I eventually stopped, I stopped about midway to the, uh, into the thing, you know, and then the thing was hovering over the great field to, uh, uh, to my right. Um, and so I came to a stop and I kind of squiggled up through my, the, that, that moon roof that I had, that sunroof thing. Um, and I was just mesmerized by this thing in the air. It made no noise and it was just seemed to just hover there. And, um, I remember they, the thing had like these multicolored squiggly lines, uh, on the underneath of it. And it was it, it, all kinds of different colors and, uh, it just snaked under the, uh, the craft. Uh, the craft was, I would say it was about approximately two, two stories high, you know, and it was uh, solid matte black. I mean, I mean, if, if, if all the lights that were off, you wouldn't see it in the night sky at all. I mean, aside from, you know, perhaps blocking out stars. Yeah. Um, so but anyway, I'm sorry. Um, so where you are now, the car is stalled. You were about halfway, I guess, under this, craft you you're not really sure what it is at that point um like what are you thinking are you freaking out at this point i was just more fascinated by the thing at that point i wasn't really freaking out at all i just was just i mean it boggled my logical mind that this thing could possibly be there yeah just hovering you know and and as large as it was so as as I said, I was up, up through my sunroof and looking at this thing, and suddenly I felt a hand on my shoulder. And this guy's voice from behind me said, sir, I'm going to need you to sit down. And I turned around really fast, and this guy, you know, our, our depictions of what uh, uh, we know is the men in black, you know, they're in black suits and white t- or white shirts with black ties. Mm-hmm. He looked like that. He didn't have the sunglasses, <laughs> uh, but he, uh, but he looked like somebody in authority. And I thought, Oh, well, you know, I better comply. And so I sat down and he motioned for me to roll down my window. And I did. And he's like, uh, what are you doing here? And I tried to explain to him, look, I'm homeless. I was just trying to get to that rest stop over uh, in Ontario. And uh, I, I said, and, and at that point, I looked in front of me and I saw three black Jeeps, like military issued Jeeps. And they were in front of me. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I had stalled out because had I not, I was so uh, 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 perplexed by this craft in the air, I would have run right mm-hmm. into him, I think. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so I, I tried to explain to him, you know, what I was doing. And, and I said, look, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on here and I don't really care. Um, but, you know, if you just l- let me go on my yeah, I, I want way. Here and I won't say anything kind of a thing. Right. And I won't say anything. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. It's too late for that. Mm. And don't like the sound so, of that. What's that? I don't like the sound of that. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, so I'm thinking, oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? Well, so, um, it was about at this point that I saw a creature emerge from behind him. And it was, the thing was, uh, like a, like a, uh, it, it was a, what we consider a typical gray, you know, with a large head and the uh, smaller, uh, chin features and, 
very small creature. It was about maybe three and a half feet tall. Um, and you know, with big black eyes and, and, but you know, it didn't have eyes like we normally think of, you know, when we see depictions of these gray aliens where they, they're, they're pointy at the ends and they're pointy toward the like nose. The shape kind of a it thing. It was more of an almond. Yeah. It was, it was, a, uh, uh, more rounded on the sides and, but it did come down, they did come down to a point toward the nose, which was pretty much non-existent. Uh, it was just a couple of holes and the mouth was just essentially a slit. Um, and anyway, so the guy tells me, he says, uh, sir, I'm going to need you to step out of the car. So I did. And when I did, I was, as much as I was mesmerized by the ship, I was even more mesmerized by this thing. Well, yeah, I can imagine that. You know, and so, and the thing looked at the man in black, for lack of a better term, and he turned and he looked at the, at the, at the alien. And then he, then he looks back at me and he says, he says, they want you to come aboard. And I was like, aboard what? Aboard that? No, no, I don't want to do that. And the alien came up to me and touched my hand. And I, I'll never forget the feeling of it. It felt almost plasticine, like it wasn't real, like it wasn't really flesh. And But as soon as it touched my hand, I felt completely compliant. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And so I don't remember how I got back on the, or I got, I got on the craft. I do remember it walking hand in hand with me out underneath the craft, uh, in the uh, grape field. And I remember stepping over the, the grapevines and stuff like that, but Did I don't you, remember. Sorry to interrupt no, before no, you no, go no. on, but when you're there and you see the the creature this the typical gray step out from behind for whatever lack of a better word the men in black um i mean for me when, when i heard when i heard you tell the story the first time for me i was like trying to picture myself in that situation and i was like it it feels like one of those situations where it would kind of shatter everything you thought you knew about yeah, the yeah. world and it's a real kind of that's a mind fuck kind of a thing where you're like whoa um and did you even have time to contemplate this because it's all happening so fast and obviously you're like what is going on like yeah. what is, what's going through your head at that point yeah i didn't have time to contemplate i mean I, I knew at that point that everything i had heard about aliens was true because i mean not only with this craft that's floating in the air but now this thing and i had seen depictions of grays before and i I thought, I thought, I thought it's all true. And like you said, it just shatters your reality. And so, no, I didn't really have time to contemplate it. It was just, it happened and it happened. Uh, but so anyway, yeah. So we got, got underneath the craft and I don't remember how we got on there because the next thing I knew I was on a slab in a large room, um, that was very kind of dark gray in appearance. Um, and the lighting was very soft. And uh, I couldn't move. I was laying on my back and I couldn't move. And I wasn't strapped down or anything, but I, it was almost like I was paralyzed. And the only thing I could move were my eyes. And I, so I, I was looking, you know, trying to get my peripheral vision 
And I saw that there were other people in the same situation as I was. You know, there was a young girl to my left. Uh, there was a gentleman to my right. And I think I saw somebody else to his right. Um, and there were a lot of these little uh, gray aliens there. And when I say a lot, I mean probably about 20 of them. And they would gather at one table and do something that I couldn't really see. And I remember the man next to me screaming. And then they came over to me and it was very strange. I, and you know, I could look down toward my feet and there was a catwalk over there, like a second story catwalk. And on it was what I now know to be a large white. Um, and it seemed to be the one in control of everything. It was almost as though the, the grays were almost drones. So is a large white, like, I guess like a, a, a bigger gray or what are we talking? Yeah, kind of. It, it, they're, they're taller. They're the, yeah, this one stood, uh, you know, as it, it was hard to, yeah, of course. Guess how how uh, tall he was, but I would imagine he was about six to seven feet tall, and he was very uh, thin and lithe. And uh, uh, but he looked very much like the the Grays, but there were certain features that weren't like them. He was obviously some sort of different species, I think. Um, if Grays are a species at all, I'm, I, I've come to the opinion that they are biological drones. Yeah, I was reading something, something into it. It's almost some sort of cloning thing. And the small greys that we know of, they're not necessary, or I guess almost, maybe not the right term to use, but created in a sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is that right? Or yeah, and I think that they do work with different species uh, as well. Uh, but anyway, so they were gathering around me. And there was one that was up near my head uh, to my right. And I looked at her and I say her because I, I got a definite feeling that she was female. And I don't know why that is because they all seem to be alike. But I, I got a very strong feminine presence from her. And I asked her, I said, what are you doing? And she looked down at me and put her hand on my forehead and at that point, I lost all, I lost all memory of what had happened uh, after that until I was up and off the slab and I was walking with that same alien. And we were walking through the ship and she was asking me some very strange questions. Uh, uh, she asked me about uh, uh, what I thought of the world you know, and, and the situation that the world's in. And she asked me what I thought about religion. That's a and, very odd question. Yeah. I remember you I, saying it's a religion. I, I, I questioned that and I was like, why? What purpose does that have? I don't know. I don't know. And to this day, I mean, I can speculate, but I, I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. Um, uh, Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. She also showed me where they were from. And uh, I, I don't know. Have you ever seen those uh, 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 riding boards, but they're clear plastic? And you can write on it. Oh, they kind of, they have them in, in the fancy business offices, almost right, like a right. board kind of a thing. Right, right, right. It was like that, but it had lights on it and the lights depicted stars. And um, I didn't know what she was talking about at the time, but she, you know, she's t- talking to me telepathically and she was trying to explain that this is where they were from. And uh, she, and, but I did remember um, the pattern of the of the stars, and I was talking to a friend of mine about this uh, a long time ago, and he is an astronomer. And I kind of drew out where or, uh, what the stars look like, and he said, "Well, that's a serious star uh, star system." So yeah, so you know the dog star system, I guess. <clears throat> um, but anyway, yeah, but I, I thought it was very strange that she, she was asking me about uh, uh, world politics and my take on religion. And I had always been a religious person, but I mean, at that point, I wasn't at all. Um, and, it was uh, this post, this experience, you kind of weren't a religious person or? No, before this, no, before this no. happened, I, w- I wasn't very religious at all. In fact, I mean, I believed in God. I still believe in God, but, you know, I, I don't. Uh, hold to any yep. kind of dogma at all. And I, th- I think pretty much everybody's got it wrong to be honest yeah, with you. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's what I remembered. I, I, I also remembered uh, her holding, we, we went to an area where there were uh, uh, like small, I, I wouldn't call them embryos, but it seemed like they were half human and half alien. Uh, looking and they were in these green canisters uh, that were clear inside and there was like a green uh, uh, liquid in them and they were just floating in there and uh, she brought one of them that wasn't in the canister to me and and it had me hold it and it was dead and I kept asking her what do you want me to do with this and she wouldn't answer um so, yeah, and finally I gave it back to her. And then the next thing I knew, it was what I assumed to be the next morning. You know, like I said, when this whole thing started, it was around 11 p.m. the night before. And but the sun was up and I was back in my car and I was at the top of uh, uh, Haven Avenue, uh, right, right as it butts up against the, the mountain there. Um, and so, I mean, I wasn't even on Highland Boulevard anymore. I was on ha- Haven and I was pointed uh, uh, back uh, west as you know, because I initially went east on that road and, but I was pointed 
back west. And as I came to, I woke up, I noticed this deer that was off to my right, uh, looking at me through the passenger side window. Was it right up against the car kind of a thing? Yeah, very close to the car. And as I turned to look at it, it saw me move and it kind of jerked and, and, and jumped and ran off. Now, since then, I have heard that a lot of abductees have seen similar things like deer or owls or something like that uh, directly after their abduction. But I remember... Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. Um, is it the fourth kind? I'm getting to that actually. Which <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. before you say that, now that movie really messed me up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. It, uh, let me tell you how much it messed me up. But yeah, I'll get okay. to that. I'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, when I woke up, I had no uh, uh, memory of what had happened. I didn't even know how I got there. I didn't remember. Uh, getting off the freeway the night before or anything like that. I just remember driving toward where I was supposed to be going. And that's all I remembered. And next thing I know, I'm at the top of Haven Avenue now. And so I just thought, you know, this is very strange. And so I had to use the restroom and I had this weird metallic taste in my mouth. And, but I just bring that up because I've heard other abductees say the same thing. But anyway, so I had this weird and, and uh, the back of my neck hurt a lot, but I couldn't feel anything there, you know? So I thought, well, I don't know, maybe it's just a stiff neck or something like that. Uh, so I left there and I drove down to a local diner there called Denny's. And um, I went in there to use the bathroom and my urine was blood red. Mm. And I thought, well, you know, I haven't been eating right lately. You know, I mean, maybe it's a sign of malnutrition or something like that. And so I didn't think anything of it. And, you know, after a couple of hours, I just thought, well, another weird chapter in Damien's life <laughs> and just went on with my life, you know? And, um, well, so you thinking but, about the, um, the kind of the whole loss of time thing or, and the kind of you kind of being in another place and where the car had stalled. Was there anything in your head going on? Kind of like, how is this? Like what's going on there? Cause obviously yeah. you didn't remember at the point, like you said that the memory came back years later. So what's happening, you know, when you wake up in the car and you're like, okay, well, how did we get here? Right. And that's what I'm saying. I, I, I was very confused. I, I thought, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, the last thing I remember was driving on the freeway. And so, you know, and now I'm at the top of Highland, or Haven Boulevard and I'm like, I, I, I have no idea how I got here. I don't remember the loss of time. I just, I just thought, you know, again, I wasn't eating right. Um, and so I, I, I just chalked it all up to, you know, symptom of malnutrition. Um, but anyway, flash forward to the time in 1995 when I blacked out. When I came to, uh, they were both my girlfriend and, and my friend were hovering over me saying, are you okay? Are you okay? Because they saw that I was coming to. And I said, yeah. I said, that's it, pointing to the picture that I saw. I said, but that's not it. It's so much bigger than that. And 
so yeah, so I mean, and after after that point, I mean, after the initial memory, um, I started to piece together what had happened because when I first remembered it, I didn't remember it as clearly as I just described it to you. I didn't remember everything that happened, but over the next few months and years, other memories, other things would happen that would trigger the memories that would come back. Now you had mentioned the fourth kind. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I told you that I couldn't remember what had happened to me when I was on that slab. And so I'm watching this movie and this was about a year ago that I saw this. And one of the, uh, uh, stars of the movie is recounting her abduction experience. And she was on a similar slab and she was this, the scene had this weird drill like mechanism that was coming right toward her eye. And I freaked out. Uh, my co-host of the uh, podcast um, lives here with me and my wife and we were all three out there. And when we were watching this, I just freaked out and started bursting into tears because it triggered that memory of what had happened. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and I mean, I, 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 I turned it off. I couldn't watch any more of it at that, at that point because of this, this memory came back so strong that, I mean, I just sat there and sobbed for about five minutes. And so what I had remembered was that when she had put her hand on my head, she took her other hand and injected something into my neck. And I also remember, I, I don't remember being, you know, probed as they always say, you know, anything mm -hmm. like that. I, I don't remember anything, anything like that happened, but I do remember that they, there was some sort of like metallic hose kind of thing that they inserted into my navel and it was incredibly painful. And I think that the reason that this memory was triggered, you know, was, you know, obviously because of that, that drill. And I remember something and it wasn't a drill, but it was almost like a needle that was coming right toward my eye. Mm. And it, it went in, uh, through my tear duct area. And again, that was extremely painful. And I, I remember screaming and saying, why, 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 why are you doing this? And then they put something down my throat you know, almost like an intubator kind of thing. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I remembered that finally. Um, and that, again, that was about a year ago and I have essentially ended up with PTSD because of the, uh, but, yeah, but I can absolutely see why. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, almost nightly I'm waking up from nightmare memories of this, you know, and I mean, it's, it's always the same memory. Nothing ever changes in it, but yeah, you know, but, you know, thank God for my loving and understanding wife, you know, that I'm waking up screaming and cold sweats and yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it was a pretty traumatic experience and I've talked to, now I've talked to a lot of people about this experience um, for years and years and years. Like I said, this memory happened in 1995. I rarely told anybody about it, and if I did, it was somebody I I trusted with my you know heart. And because I mean, I worked in an industry. I worked as a at, at a, as a restaurant manager 
for most of my life. And, you know, I mean, when you're in management, you have to command some sort of modicum of respect. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, if, if this ever gets back to my employees, I'll never hear the end of it, you know? And, you know, but it was about, I guess about two years ago when uh, my co-host Ralph and I did that one episode that you watched. And that was the first time I came public about it. And that was the first time. That was the first time. Yeah. And I felt this huge weight lift off of me. And I thought, this is why I'm doing this uh, uh, YouTube channel. This is why I'm doing this because I want people out there to know that they're not crazy and they're not alone. Because for years, I thought, again, I thought, you know, I was malnutrition at the time. I thought perhaps I was just hallucinating the entire thing. But the more I looked into it, the more I realized, no, this actually did happen. You know, I mean, these memories aren't just like passing memories. I mean, they're extremely vivid. Um, And I just, I, I wanted people to know that they're not crazy. There's another person out here that probably went through something tantamount to what you went through, you know? So that's my one reason for continuing uh, uh, this, uh, black Lotus productions thing, uh, today is because I want people to know if you've gone some, through something like this, you know, I understand. And I understand why you'd want to keep it in, uh, stay in the UFO closet as it were. Um, but I want you to know there are other people out there that understand what you're going through and how hard it is. So, well, that's the thing because it's for people who go through, um, abduction phenomena or whatever you want to call it. I mean, where's the resources? Do you know? How do you go? I mean, like people who end up suffering from PTSD from what is, can only be described as a traumatic experience and a reality shattering experience. Where do you turn? You know? So you telling your story, I think it holds a lot of power in that. Yeah. Well, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are hypnotherapists that can take you into a regression. Um, when I say there's a lot of people out there like that, yeah, there are, but not all of them are on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one person that I know that I know I could I could I could trust with my life, and her name is Lori McDonald, and she's based out of San Francisco, California, uh, and she is pretty well renowned uh, hypnotherapist that uh, is is known for regression therapy uh, for uh, specifically for um, uh, abductees. And, but they're not cheap. When you find something like that, they're not cheap, you know? So, uh, if you don't have a lot of money to spend on this kind of thing, which I don't, you know, <laughs> uh, then you're kind of up to your own devices. And I think the best you can hope for is get into groups on, uh, on Facebook, for instance, um, uh, groups that deal with alien abductions with, with, with P other and other people are there who have gone through this stuff and they understand. And so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, if you don't want to go, if you, if you can't go through hypnotherapy, then definitely get together with other people that have gone through the same thing as you. Well, it seems like there is a lot more people than people would actually realize who have gone through this experience because I met you through one of these groups um, on Facebook and, and there's a lot of people there that have a lot of traumatic stories, you know, to share. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one of the questions I wanted to ask you, um, oh, actually, first going back to um, 
if you don't mind, when you were when you were on the craft and they showed you these, for the lack of the better word, the um, the fetus type embryos. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, because a lot of I guess speculation is that if they're doing some sort of hybrid thing, a lot of people will speculate that um, possibly they're kind of after I guess whoever they are are at a stage where they may not be able to reproduce themselves kind of a thing what are do you have any kind of speculation yourself and what's going on in that kind of area right but again it's just speculation I don't know um it's just what I've looked into um from what I understand something happened along the line uh during their evolution where they could not uh, uh, reproduce. And from what I understand, they're not just doing this hybrid program here. They're doing it in, uh, on, on various planets throughout the universe. Um, and so, yeah, so I think that that's what it is now as to why they're doing it other than to perpetuate their species. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I theorize that, uh, they're going to eventually integrate with us so much so that I'm, we'll just get to the point where we'll be used to it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, there was two actually very interesting stories. Um, if you remember, I think it was a couple of months back. Um, NASA had, I guess it was the Pentagon, had released the, the th- three footage of three UFOs, right? And they had con- came out and confirmed it. And well, what's the, they're calling it aerial phenomena now, right? Uh, 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 unidentified aerial phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the whole thing is they released these three videos and said, yes, basically we don't know what they are, whatever. They didn't come right out right and kind of make any claims, but they're like, we don't know what they are. My whole thing with that, what you, you are familiar with that, right? Well, sure. Um, my whole thing with that was because none of these videos were, were released on that day by the Pentagon. These videos had been around on the internet for many years, as far as I'm aware. And the whole thing is these videos, I mean, would have been lost in a a sea, an endless sea of hundreds of thousands of UFO videos, which all aren't real, of course. And, you know, it was something like you could never have brought this up and people would never know. So, right. It was, it was leaked. Um, and, and when it was leaked, the, uh, uh, I believe it was the air force, reconfiscated the videos, even though it's already been leaked to the public, the public had already seen it. And yeah, I wanted the same thing because once they reconfiscated it, they re-released it to the public. And that's when this whole, um, all the mainstream media kind of glommed onto this because the, you know, here's the United States air force claiming that, well, we don't know what these things are. And so, um, but yeah, you're right. I think, I think, had they not done that, had it not been leaked in the first place, it just would have been clumped in with a whole bunch of other videos. Uh, some real, many, probably not, you know, but yeah. So I, it makes me wonder how many other real videos they have under wraps that they haven't released. Uh, well, I would imagine more than we could imagine, but I seems, and, and there's another story that I want to mention, but for me, I'm kind of speculating I feel like it's almost like a a drip, drip process from these people where it's almost kind of like coming to a point where you're kind of questioning, are they slowly kind of deliberately releasing things to the point where they're kind of want people, put it in people's heads a little kind of, 
Um, I'm sure that you heard of that story um, with this general um, in Israel. He was the head of security for three decades. Right, right, right. That was, he's claiming that Trump knows all about this. And- that he nearly blew the cover and he was asked by this, I guess, Galactic Federation, as he referred to it, that, um, you know, please don't. For, for the sake of everyone, please don't. And he had made claims. I mean, this was uh, an awarded general. Um, he served 30 years at his highest rank he could in the security. He awarded, um, was it like the three three times for like the their highest sec- or security awards, basically. And he came out and was saying that, yes, he as far as he's concerned, um, the Americans were working with um, alien creatures and this whole concept of the Galactic Federation. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Because when I read that, I was like, mm, this is, I'm interested in this. I'm into this. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think, I think this whole Galactic Federation thing goes way back to the days of president Eisenhower. Um, and I think that, when they recovered that crashed UFO in uh, Roswell, New Mexico, not all the aliens were dead. And I think, you know, other aliens came here to retrieve the dead or live aliens or what have you. And I think at that point, you know, it's, it's highly speculated as to whether or not they signed a deal with the aliens, you know, you, we will allow you to abduct a certain amount of people, uh, every year. And in exchange for that, uh, you can give us some of your technology. Um, and that's what Bob Lazar was saying that, uh, uh, he was working on a, a backward engineered UFO, uh, at area 51 and S four. Um, so yeah, I, I would imagine it all goes back to that. And at that time, by the way, um, it's claimed that uh, because of a breach in protocol, um, there were aliens in this one room that was considered a school and they had uh, uh, smaller aliens there with them. Well, one of the uh, guards there walked in on in, in the, in the room with, and he was armed and Apparently that broke protocol and the aliens killed him and then ended up killing like 44 other people. So the story goes, I, I, you know, there's no proof of any of this. And, uh, but anyway, but I think that since then the aliens have been working with the government, uh, specifically with the United States government, but I think also with probably Russia as well. Um, and maybe China. I don't know, perhaps Britain. I don't, I don't really know, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive from my research that they have been working with the American government quite closely. Um, this drip drip thing that you're talking about with the media and coming from the government, I think that that's entirely feasible. And I think what they're trying to do is prime us for eventual disclosure. Um, but when that disclosure is going to happen, there's no telling, you know, but it seems that we are getting closer and closer to it. Um, I heard recently that uh, somebody speculated that it would be 20 in 2024 that we would have final disclosure. 
whether or not, you know, who this person was, I don't remember. And whether or not that's true, I don't know. So, yeah. Well, that's, it's a, it is a lot to think about because that you're talking on a global level of shattering every single person's idea of what they know or they think they know. And you can't, you can't go back from that. Yeah, you, you certainly can. I mean, in, 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 you know, ever since I had this memory come back to me in 95, I've had a totally different concept of reality and the universe, you know, I mean, and so, you know, I told you, I didn't believe that aliens would bother with us. They wouldn't, I mean, if they had that kind of technology and they were that advanced, why would they uh, mess with a bunch of, you know, Neanderthals essentially, you know? Um, but the more I think about it, the more I wonder if they aren't what we once considered gods and they perhaps messed with our DNA and created who we are today. I think it could explain the whole missing link theory in evolution. Um, so I think what they're doing now is they're just coming back and checking on us. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but UFO reports come in waves over the years. You know, and it's and it's like every ten or fifteen years or so, you hear you hear about this big UFO flap going on throughout the world, and then they just disappear, virtually. I mean, you get very few reports, and then in about ten or fifteen years later, you get this huge, an, another huge flap. Uh, so yeah, I, I think what they're doing is they're coming back periodically in droves to check on our progress of evolution, and. I, th I think there that statement is very correct that perhaps we're not ready yet as much as people in the UFO community say they're ready. I think this whole, uh, uh, uh Corona 19, uh, Corona 19 virus thing, uh, COVID 19, <laughs> suddenly I got a brain fart COVID 19 thing and how we reacted to it as a society, just freaking out. I think that that in itself shows that we aren't ready for that kind of disclosure. You no, know, maybe I mean, not suddenly, even close to being ready. Yeah. I mean, if suddenly the government or the aliens, let's say the aliens land on the White House lawn and say, hi, we're here. I think we as a society would lose our little minds. Anarchy. You know? I can imagine just yeah. anarchy straight away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd like to think better of the human race that we are more intelligent than that. But after seeing what we went through with the panic buying and everything else and, mm -hmm. uh, going on over this last year, uh, no, we're not ready. We're not ready at all. Um, I guess the whole thing for me was, um, were you, because you say like the, the people that were working with these creatures, like the men in black or I mean, we don't know. Um, did you ever feel a bit, obviously there's one side about telling your story where you're like, right, this is, you know, it's going to be hard for a lot of people to palate. But then for me thinking about it, there's like another side of ooh, like, if I speak out on this, you know, am I going to get in trouble kind of a thing? Is that something that you thought about? Oh yeah. Like I said, for years, I didn't divulge this information to anybody because I was afraid of being lumped in with the other tinfoil hat crackpot people. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want that, you know, but you know, it, back in 2013, I uh, was offered the opportunity to retire. And so I did. And when I had nobody around me that I had to really impress anymore, I thought hell with it, you know? I mean, I'm uh, currently I'm 55 years old. 
I don't really give a damn what people think about me anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just think, yeah, you know, but I, I'm in that position to do that. I know that there are a lot of people out there that are not, and it's very understandable that they, they want to keep mum about the whole thing, you know? Oh yeah. If, um, there was a chance, um, and I don't know you see it. Cause again, I know that you, you said that you're dealing with PTSD and God, I can't even imagine, but now if the opportunity arose, is it something that you would willingly go back to? Has it like lit an interest in you that you would want to know more if you had the opportunity? Um, I don't, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about this because yeah, I, I'm still extremely interested in who these beings are and what they truly want from us. On the other hand, I don't want to go through what I went through before ever again. You know, I mean, and I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And, you know, I, we were talking about these UFO groups that are on Facebook and so on. And I continually see people saying, I want to be abducted. I want to see the aliens. I want to meet them. And I'm the, every time I see that, I think, you know, you know, not what you wish for. Yeah. You know, and I mean, until you've been through the experience yourself, you won't know what it's really like and you can take it lightheartedly, but anybody who's actually been through the experience knows that, yeah, this is nothing nice. I mean, I I've spoken with some abductees, uh, through the podcast, um, who have had actually pleasant experiences. Uh, one lady, a uh, very good friend of mine, uh, what ha is a repeated abductee and she even had a child she was impregnated by these aliens and she was this is really weird she she was pregnant for eight months you know she had been going through amnio site uh, uh, so whatever it is and so i mean the doctors knew she was pregnant eight months and then suddenly she's not pregnant anymore and she got to meet her daughter on board a spacecraft on one of the times that she was abducted. And so, I mean, but she doesn't have any animosity toward these aliens. Um, she understands what they're doing. She thinks she understands what they're doing. And she is more than happy to, you know, sort of help them out. And, um, you know, I mean, and I'm not at that point. No. I, you know, I only had the one abduction experience that I know of. Um, but I, I think, I think you would have to be a repeated abductee to get to the point where you would, you know, understand or, or have that level of understanding. And I, I, I'm just not there. So no, I would want, I would never want to do it again. But on the other hand, like I said, I'm very interested in mm -hmm. what they're doing here. Um, listening to your story, it is, and I'm sure people tell you all the time, but it's hard to put into words. It's like, I feel like my mind is blown or hearing it in detail from somebody. Cause you, you read about it all the time and, and you, you see things, but hearing it in someone's word words and hearing the, the kind of emotions that come with it. This is a whole new experience for me. This is like, I don't know. I, I feel a bit of loss for words. Listen to your story. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, the more I live with this 
whole thing. And the more that I do research into this stuff for the, the, the YouTube channel and the podcast, uh, the more I, and, and the more I talk to people, um, you know, because on the podcast itself, uh, we talk to people who have had experiences. We talk to authors about this sort of thing. And the more I talk to them, the more I realize that, you know, it's just something I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. And just, it is what it is. And, you know, and again, people can think whatever they want about me. I don't really care. I know what happened to me. I don't believe in what happened to me. I, I know it happened. And because it coincides with other people who have experienced the same thing. And so, you know, I, I'm just, I, I think I'm at a point where I'm just like, you know, as I said, I have PTSD concerning what happened on that slab, but the rest of the experience was pretty benign. I thought, I, I, I thought that these creatures meant no harm. And I still think that these creatures don't mean harm, but I think they look at us as a biologist might look at an animal mm -hmm. you know, to Which study it. Is obviously concerning for us because, right? Sure, sure. You know, because, we I mean, don't treat animals that well often. Right. I mean, we, we can consider the aliens evil, but they're not really evil. They, what they, I think what they think they're doing is just what we're doing uh, uh, to animals to study them. We don't take into consideration how they feel about it. And I think that that's exactly what these aliens are doing. I mean, because one thing I got from them is that they're very cold and emotionless. And I mean, I felt nothing from them. You know, I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons that I thought of these greys as biological drones. I mean, they're biological, but they're being controlled by something else, you know? And I think that um, that tall white that I saw, like I said, was, was, was in control of the whole thing. And I look upon that thing as that I would look upon biologists today. They're, he's just doing a job, you know, so he's just studying us. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating subject. Uh, but again, I, I don't want to go through it again. <laughs> uh, it's an incredibly fascinating subject. And I have no doubt in saying that this has been the most fascinating episode of this podcast that I have ever done. Uh, and enlightening and incredible and strange and, it's just, I don't know. Um, will you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, our uh, YouTube channel is called Black Lotus Productions. And uh, uh, and then we also have a, a, a podcast, which is a little different uh, than what we do at the, uh, 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 the YouTube channel. And it's called Paranormal News Network. And you can find us at Podbean, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and uh, as well as Amazon, or, uh, yeah, oh. Amazon Music. Um, and uh, what we do there is a little different. Uh, what we do is, you know, we're Paranormal News Network. And so what we do is we report the latest in uh, paranormal news items 
Um, and then we network with uh, uh, people that are involved with the paranormal world, whether, I mean, and that's everything under the paranormal umbrella, everything from UFOs to uh, uh, aliens and cryptids and ghosts and what have you. Um, and so, and so, and generally what we do is we, uh, interview authors in these fields. And, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good podcast. Uh, we also have a group at Facebook and it's, I think that it's one of the better, uh, groups at Facebook that deals with the paranormal because a lot of these groups, you know, I mean, you get people in there that are just absolute trolls. A lot of them are a mess, a complete oh, mess. And ours isn't. Uh, my co-host and I admin this thing, and we have we're constantly monitoring this thing. We don't allow, like for instance, we don't allow. You know how a lot of these people uh, places allow uh, cartoons and, mm -hmm. and silly memes. Is it? We don't allow that. We and the the name of the group is the Black Lotus Discussion Group, and that's what we're about. We're about discussing these. Uh, topics that we think are pretty important. And so we don't allow a lot of uh, silliness to go on there. You know, I mean, what we'll do is we'll pose a question, you know, and people answer the questions or we'll just post uh, an article that we thought was interesting, you know, dealing with this strange and unusual stuff. So, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the best way to uh, keep in contact with me. Well, I will link it. I'll link it all. So people will know where to find you after listening to this. I imagine people will want to know more. Um, and I've been on the YouTube myself. We cover a lot of crossover and topics. Very interesting stuff. Um, Damien, I want to thank you so much for being on this podcast. It has been absolutely mind-blowing. It has been fascinating. Um, hopefully, again, we will link up in the future. Yes, um, absolutely. Maybe you could be on ours, you know. Anytime. So, yeah. Uh, you have any paranormal experiences? Not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Some family ones though, they can come on. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I want to thank you as well. I mean, and like I said, I thank you for doing this and staying up till 2 a.m. your time. And, you know, cause I'm out here in Las Vegas and yeah. So well, it was a story worth staying up for. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much, guys, for listening. This is Amor Late with the Mind Poppers podcast. I leave all the links to Damien's channels below. In the meantime, stay woke. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.